1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Every time I travel, I bring something back to the radio station. To you the folks I work with and now I feel like I started out for fun and now they expect it. Now it's like if I don't bring you anything, you're gonna the same thing. wrong. All
3: I ever want is like a keychain or something. Okay, like, I don't ever want anything like lavish.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't bring you any lavish gifts. <laughs> yeah, to be honest,
3: like,
2: it, it's it's fun to buy gifts for a bunch of people, but you have to find the perfect gift that you feel like gives people a sense of where you went, but also is well priced slash cheap. Because you know you're not gonna I'm not gonna spend that much money on this stuff anyway. So I went to Alaska. And the gift that I brought back this time was goat's milk soap.
3: Yeah, not one of your best gifts. (laughs) (laughs) It's authentic from Alaska. That just feels weird. It's just like, where did you go to get goat's milk soap? And what am I supposed to do with the goat's milk? Wash your
2: hands, wash your body. It smells really good. Harmed to make this soap. I'm very anti- I actually thought of this because I'm what you didn't ask did you ask well, no you- i i'm not into using like an- anything animal related
3: <laughs> but gets goat's milk stuff. but
2: then i saw that there's like a local per- a person that makes this and is very into like holistic stuff stuff and making her own things that you can use so i thought oh, i'll support this local businesswoman. So there you go.
4: And I love And I hope that
2: no goats were harmed in the making of your soap. That would suck. (laughs) I mean, in the end, their milk needs to go out of their body, right? Like, if it's ethically done.
3: Like, it needs to go somewhere. Not if it's being forced, Shira. If it's being forced out of their body, then isn't that what all vegans are, like, you know, protesting against? Well, that's why I'm not using the soap. (laughs) I got it for all of you who don't seem to have those issues. I don't know if I'm going to even use it. I was debating on the ethics of
2: it, but it does smell good, and I I thought it was... You know, nice.
3: If that soap was a candle, I would burn it a lot. It smells really good. Yeah,
2: so meaning I should have got a candle. Yeah. Okay. Wow, I feel really a lot of pressure for the next uh, vacation. Like, it's not enough. Well, why don't you just, like, not travel like I do? No. Yeah.
3: Then no one expects you to
2: do anything. No, I'm still going to expect presents just from L.A. Uh, Well, guess what? It's Bi Visibility Day. So we're going to be uh, discussing that. And also how bi people have higher rates of depression and anxiety. Why is that? That's at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. Plus, Deborah Messing is calling out Kim Kardashian. We'll tell you why and the tea in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Uh, Roger Collie Robinson, whose 24-year-old brother, geologist Daniel Robertson, has been missing for three months, is speaking out about his search as the media focuses on Gabby Petito.
3: It just saddens me that it takes this much, you know, to get, you know, people's story out like my brother or like anyone else. It just, it shouldn't have, we shouldn't have to depend on other stories or other cases to push our own story and... I'm just i just want we just want answers just like anyone else i think you know our, my brother or everyone else's brother or father siblings whoever they may be they deserve the same attention
2: that is very true now, the FDA has granted emergency use authorization for a third dose of Pfizer and BioNTech's COVID-19 vaccine to be given to three groups, those 65 and older, those at high risk of developing severe COVID-19, and those at risk of developing serious complications due to frequent institutional or occupational exposure, exposure which includes frontline healthcare workers and those in prisons. So that's a little update there in terms of the booster shot. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan?
3: So let's talk about, um, not everyone was happy with the whole Kim Kardashian being labeled that she was going to be one of the hosts of SNL coming up, the new season. Mm -hmm. Um, It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Deborah Messing. Wow. Should we call her Deborah Messy? Because she's she's throwing out that shade. Um, I'm just saying, she... Posted on Twitter that she said this, quote, Why Kim Kardashian? I mean, I know she's a cultural icon, but SNL has hosts generally who are performers who are there to promote a film, TV show, or album launch. Quote, am I missing something? I don't know. Also, people who are iconic
2: culturally. I don't think it's just been performers. I
3: mean, and Kim is a performer in her own right. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like people just... You know, I I get why they hate on her, but I also feel like we're past that. This isn't like 2005 anymore. (laughs) She's like built her own career. She's like a businesswoman. I think, like you said, she's a cultural icon. She most definitely deserves to be there. And I'm interested in seeing what she's going to do. Like and ha- and what you know how she's going to act and and oh, yeah. how she's going to make fun of herself and her family exactly. and all these things like I think that's what's going to be interesting and also see how she's going to like incorporate a Kanye West joke in there somehow you never know you know it's going to happen so Deborah put that messiness away and get back to being Deborah Messing support other women oh God <laughs> I wasn't going to say that but you know of I course know. it's true that's your T report though um, guess what guess what I'm listening. Is happening today. It is a two-hour mental health show that is literally going to help you get all your mental health needs out of the way. We're basically we're trying to help you destigmatize talking about it. There's going to be some celebs involved: Billie Eilish, to Lizzo, to Normani, to Shakira, to everyone. Um, so yeah, tune in September 23rd from six to eight. Oh my God! Right after the show, it's today, right? Mm-hmm. That's today. Wow. I'm an adult and I don't know what the calendar is, so it's happening today. Just, just stay, stick around after the show, exactly. and you'll hear some mental health talk. Don't go anywhere. I'm done. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> the uh, the
2: impact of "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" continues for LGBTQ veterans a decade later. More with the Washington
0: Post after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's
2: been 10 years since Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed, but its effects linger for members of the military who were forced out for being gay. Casey Parker joins us right now, who's a social issues reporter covering gender and family for The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for
4: having me.
2: So why are these veterans speaking out right now to a House subcommittee?
4: Well, some of this is related to the 10-year anniversary of the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And also, um, congressmen have decided to take up their cause and are pushing bills to restore benefits to some people who don't have them. And so people went on the Hill this week to try to tell their stories to persuade other lawmakers to to pass this bill.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, I just wonder, what does this mean now? Because it does it... Are they going to get, like, money? Are they going to get their benefits? Like, because especially if they weren't able to receive health care for that long amount of time, how are they making that up to these service members?
4: Well, I don't think there's been any talk about repaying them for the time that they've lost. But people who were discharged into the Army other, under other than honorable for a long time have thought that they couldn't get benefits at all. And that's not just health care. That's the GI bill. That's home loans. There's all kinds of stuff you can get. You could get burial rights from the VA. And so the VA this week actually announced a new directive, which is not exactly a law change. It's just what they were calling a policy clarification, where they were inviting veterans who had been pushed out under Don't Asphalt health to go ahead and apply, even if they had those discharges, to see if they could get benefits. And they seem to be suggesting that if you applied, you'll probably get it if you're eligible. But there's, there's no back pay involved in that. That would just mean you would start qualifying for that health insurance and the home loans and everything else.
2: Which, I mean, that is a, a big deal, but a lot of veterans are saying it's not enough. What's the feedback from them?
4: Well, some part of why it's not enough is, as you mentioned, it doesn't do any back pay necessarily. It also doesn't cover everybody. So this is the VA's new directive only applies to a certain number of people who were pushed out with this discharge other than honorable. But a lot of people were actually straight up criminalized and given, um, this, they were given dishonorable discharges or some of them were kicked out really early. So it's called entry level separation, which is where if you've only been in the military for I think 180 days, you get kicked out. And so those people aren't covered at all. And people who, so I talked to one person who, they weren't exactly kicked out for being gay, but they were sexually assaulted multiple times for being gay. And they felt like they weren't allowed to report their assault because if they reported their assault, they would be coming out. And so they basically started to have mental breakdowns. And so the army kicked them out for having these mental breakdowns when really it was the military that caused them, but they couldn't come out and say why. And so... That person actually is getting some benefits, but because of the timeframe of when they were kicked out, they only got part of their GI bill, and they had initially joined the Air Force just to be able to go to college.
2: Wow, that's horrible and unfortunate. And for those who also are dealing with so much PTSD, I mean, it just seems like more needs to be done to, uh, to give them something back for what they went through.
4: A couple of people... Um, are hoping that they get some back pay. But I mean, even some of the people who are leading these organizations now, these these groups that advocate for LGBTQ veterans, they themselves were harassed. The woman who runs Modern Military Association, she was sexually assaulted and she actually did report it. And when she reported it, the army decided, not the army, she was in the Air Force. The Air Force decided instead to investigate her for being gay and that kind of trauma with you and she's channeled her traumas into fighting for other people but i'm sure there are a lot of other people who are who don't have that outlet and are still quite affected by that
3: so i guess what's next for for all of this what should we be looking out for
4: so congressman Pappas, he's an openly gay congressman from new hampshire he has got a bill that would restore benefits to a greater swath of LGBTQ veterans, it also would make it a law, which the VA didn't do. So, like, they have this new directive, but what happens if you have a different administration come in and they decide not to follow that? People who've been getting benefits might suddenly not have them. So his bill would make it a law, so you would be guaranteed those benefits no matter who's in charge. Um the Modern Military Association is also planning to file a class action lawsuit this fall to hopefully get even more people, uh, have their benefits restored. And then there's uh, some other legislation on the Hill as well to, to help people. And then they're also considering starting a committee that would study the issues that LGBTQ veterans are experiencing, both from the traumas of serving, but then also as they tried to navigate the VA. It didn't seem in the hearing that that was a guarantee that they would create that committee, but I know a lot of people are hoping they do because you can't really know which problems to solve if you aren't hearing from people about what the problems are.
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. That was Casey Parker, social issues reporter covering ginger and family at The Washington Post. Thank you again. Now coming up, Monica Lewinsky's new documentary
0: tackles cancel culture. But was she really patient zero? That's next.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Monica Lewinsky
2: seems very busy these days. On the FX show that is inspired by her life, obviously. And now she has a new documentary coming out on HBO Max October 7th called... 15 Minutes of Shame. The trailer just dropped, and here's a clip.
0: Imagine waking up with the whole world talking about you.
2: Everything was just
0: lit up. Because your mistake, your secret, has now been made public. Trust me, I know a little something about this. I was patient zero of having a reputation destroyed because of the internet.
2: Okay, so... One interesting, great trailer, by the way. I got chills at the end. Very impressive.
3: It doesn't take a lot for that to happen.
2: To get chills? Yeah. Oh, you don't know me. I
3: do.
5: <laughs>
3: Unfortunately, but I, think I, this I is, do. Listen, this is
2: very relevant, obviously, to what what's happening, but it came up here in the studio because uh, Mr. Ryan Mitchell here was like, did Monica Lewinsky get canceled? Is she really the right person to talk about cancel culture? Because it seems like she's making her own I didn't brand. say all of that. I, I didn't mean, say was well, she the I'm right
3: person. Look at- now, saying, You all quote me. <laughs> no, quote I'm not quote quoting me. you. i over here, quote me. I didn't quote it. Yeah. I said uh-huh.
2: generally what I the sense I was getting from what okay, you're saying okay. is that she wasn't really canceled. Yeah. And she wasn't. She is basing her brand. On being obviously an anti-bullying advocate. Which, true. Which, because she was bu- yes, bullied for what happened. Shamed, misogyny,
3: ran its course. Exactly.
2: But for me, shame, shaming and cancel culture are very one-on-one. No, they're not. I,
3: I want to know why. I don't believe shaming and cancel culture are one and one because, honestly, I don't believe cancel culture exists. Um, because cancel culture doesn't allow you to have the opportunity to make multiple projects about your life or give you the opportunity to be a host of a dating show called Mr. Personality. It also doesn't give you an opportunity to work with Ryan Murphy to tell your story again. And it also doesn't give you the opportunity to have you be a part of the 1% of this country where you are basically a multimillionaire. So I think if we were talking about cancel culture... That means, guess what? No one wanted to work with her. She was blackballed. She was all of these different things. And maybe at a point in time she was, but she bounced back, which inherently means cancel culture doesn't exist. Because if it did, we would not see or hear from her ever again. And we see her all the time at this point. That is a good point. So Jeffrey Epstein,
2: <laughs> so someone like Jeffrey Epstein has dealt with he, cancel culture. Well, he's dead. He, he's the
3: ultimate cancel culture because he's dead and gone. <laughs> it's true. He can't, he can't bounce and back from nothing. And what's the rich uh, producer who I had to Harvey, use, Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein. He's not coming back. He in prison. You know, he had to be locked up. So yes, up. that's his cancel culture. Bill Cosby, not coming back. Even though, I don't know, there's some <laughs> black people, there's some black people who just are really sticking by So this by is
2: him. interesting. So... Obviously, cancel culture has been taken by many different communities and like and used and abused and thrown around. and, uh, And so in many ways, you can say that obviously it's about holding someone accountable. I think that with Monica Lewinsky she yeah she dealt with the misogyny and and shame that comes with a woman being outed for having a sexual intimate relationship and it happens with one of the she most wasn't powerful the, men
3: out there and also she wasn't the only woman that came out and spoke about it like bill uh, not bill Cosby but bill clinton <laughs> he did he was he he really he took advantage of his power in that office and there was multiple women that came out not just her and and i think there is something to be said about how the world reacted to her and how Bill Clinton was able to kind of have like a, you know, a somewhat of a, a, he he was someone who was able to rebrand himself and be looked at as like kind of like the statesman and this, you know, I just think he came out kind of squeaky clean. Yes, he was impeached, but that doesn't really affect you on a daily basis. Well, is it
2: because it felt, it uh, there was consensual part of it Versus, even though it was like yeah. him taking a "quote unquote" advantage because of his she wasn't a higher key in the power. Yeah, like in the but she end, was an intern. Yeah, but in and the you end, have slept would you
3: have slept with the president? I don't know. Something about Bill Clinton, he would have gotten to these panties. <laughs> there is something about if you watch the Listen, American uh, crime story and impeachment, there is something about that man that he he too smooth. He would have talked me right up out of my okay. Trials. So there you
4: go.
2: I think that if it is consensual, even though you could say that there are some um, parts of that, like what does consent mean if there's a power dynamic, but if you're an adult and you're attracted to someone and you both choose in, in that way, I know, but he's an adult. And even (laughs) though he was, he had an agreement under God. Right. right? But how many people don't do like follow through on that? That said, uh, I think that the shame that came from her is because she became this, um, well, it was so public, and it was such a, a, a moment in time, and she became this, like, it, it was a soap opera. I think that she, she was this intern, this beautiful white chick.
3: She was slight shamed for sure. Yeah.
2: But then also, I think she represented something that society could... Tap into and run with in terms of the story of this uh, of a fantasy that people mm, think about.
3: That's interesting. Does that
2: make sense? But then in that in that fantasy that many might think about or even jump into and not such a public way, yeah. she was also shamed because we're not comfortable with actually talking about sexuality and, and and dealing with it. In that I, way, I in do that wonder,
3: way. and maybe we can continue this conversation because I wonder. It just feels like what we've seen, and if she really wants to have the conversation about how women often get the blowback of some things that this should have been a fifty fifty situation, we should talk about it because Hillary Clinton also got this blowback, yeah, and, but
2: that's what I think, like she should she should be taking on that angle, her taking on the angle of her of everyone has been canceled and the internet shaming. Like I look at her as more like the the world where it was TV and the internet. It wasn't as much social media at that
3: but point. you' feel like she got canceled. I feel like she got shamed. And Can we I, talk about it when we're after this break? Because sh- we have commercials and we got to get paid.
2: Yeah, I'll also <laughs> talk about some uh, someone else that was canceled recently for a tweet. But I think that, okay. that, that could be a good one right. to bring in. Let
3: me okay. know.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
2: Monica Lewinsky's new documentary, 15 Minutes of Shame, will drop on HBO Max on October 7th. Of course, shame and cancel culture might be looked at in a similar way, but we've been discussing how it's very different. And the documentary is called 15 Minutes of Shame, but yet in the trailer, a big focus of it, the whole focus actually, is about cancel culture, and she was the first to be canceled in that way. But let's also recognize that when everything happened with her, it was in 1998. Okay, was social media around in 1998? It was like the yeah, uh, the celebrity gossip rag. She she got that right. That was the
3: well, and that's why then. it feels different. I it, think it is. She, um, yeah. she was a part of yes, a culture that um, really you know shamed women for mm-hmm. their sexuality. It Shamed them if they weren't this like perfect. Americanized woman that they, you know, the society was telling women to be due to the patriarchy and misogyny and all that stuff, and and I I just feel like um, it is okay to acknowledge that she went through that and she was sex shamed and all these things, and I think it's also important to acknowledge the women, like all in this predicament. Unfortunately, I mean, from Hillary Clinton, who we saw how that played out. I honestly, I think the fact that you know it's not it's one of the things but I, if you really want to have a conversation the reason why Hillary Clinton did not get um, elected is because of the lack of trust, of course, that people felt in her. And I think a lot of people actually did judge her for taking Bill back. Yeah. That, like, I think, yeah, that's I think there was all of this judgment about Hillary Clinton that informed why she did not win. Totally. I think we see that, that you know, Bill Clinton is kind of like this crux in the midst of every negative thing that happened to these women because he got out squeaky clean, in my opinion. All these other I women don't across the Squeaky from him, clean,
2: but I, I do think t- for someone at her age, what she was. N-
3: how old Do you have 19? any negative thing to
2: say about Bill Clinton besides this? No, but this was it.
3: But this it, was and it. this is a pretty big thing. Yeah, this was
2: it. He was but able yeah. he's still up his talked about. Entire... I mean, there's a FX show. How many years later that I'm sure, if he was being interviewed, he'd be totally r- grilled about. So I, I think that mm. it's something that he would have loved to escape and, and not to be part on his resume. But and he part has of it.
3: escaped it because don't people don't really bring so people have don't have
2: bring to, it up. I've, people do with him I mean at this point it's kind of like a bit old like if you had an interview about Bill Clinton now you might ask him about this all coming out again but But there was a certain amount of time where it kind of was just like okay been there, done that, yeah. like we've heard the story already. Like are it's a similar the reason same... why, by the way, sorry, you, we wouldn't ask Monica that if maybe we'd interviewed her five years, 10 years ago because she had already been, we've been, she would have maybe been sick of telling that story too.
3: But here's the thing, are we having the same conversation that we're having about Monica? Are we having that same conversation about him? No, Is he shamed? No, I'm not. I'm not talking about the conversation oh, of shame. I'm talking about when we're to bringing it up about this. Are we having that same conversation? In the sense, are we saying that Monica almost lost everything? Bill Clinton did not lose anything. He was able to build a foundation after him. He was able to go. He. I mean, he's looked at as a, a a very like he's a statesman. People love that guy. Like he's, there was nothing, I think. His, well, I think it's the, because. It, it, the two, it wasn't. You, you I, I can, think that because at, at her age, what. Women, the women were more affected was, than he Yeah, was.
2: at her age, she hadn't established her career and the foundation that of her life. It doesn't matter. It does because when that is the beginning because of how that's you're being. Misogyny, put into the that's wart, the
3: patriarchy.
2: Now it'd be different. She would then, I think a lot of the things that are happening now would have ended up happening, I think then it was just a different time. and even if she
3: had the status,
2: look at Hillary
3: Clinton. Hillary Clinton has the status, and people still hate her. So you're saying that in general... (laughs) In general... Yep. He left squeaky clean, and I think the women had to are still dealing with, unfortunately, that situation. And and that's the sad part of this. That's that's the conversation that I feel like we should be having, not one about cancel culture because I don't think that exists. It's about how misogyny and the patriarchy works I, and how it still works because we still. That's the only thing attached to Monica. Winske's I thing. think that you can be guilty by associ- association
2: a lot of times, including as a woman when it comes to a man, even if you are not part of anything that they did, which is really unfortunate i
3: mean let's also be clear as well as we wrap this up consequences you know when you make actions there are consequences to every action she did decide to sleep with the the uh, married man and she did decide to um you know she did decide to i think do it was the feeling that, that she moment. was thrown
2: into the spotlight she didn't expect it and that had traumatic consequences including on her career and her mental yeah. health and what society thought of it it I'm not going to say blah, 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 but blah, blah, blah. And then it put her in this situation to not be able to really move forward in her career like she would have. Maybe she would have. It would have been differently. Her life would have been different. And that's true. I
3: think a lot of women's life that were attached to Bill Clinton's lives would be different.
2: I think a lot of people's lives who.
3: I'm saying people. I'm saying women.
2: I have some personal stories of men that I've been with that were a boss and that my career was impacted by that because I was looked down upon for dating someone that was above me. You know what I mean? Would that have happened to a guy in that same position? No. No, of
3: course not. All right, anyway. that's the problem, though. Like, that's a huge issue. Coming
2: up next, uh, transgender patients are facing roadblocks with insurance companies for gender-affirming care. We'll tell you more on what's trending this hour after this.
0: Let's go there. With, With Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
2: Happy Bi Visibility Day. Coming up in 30 minutes, why buy sexual people have more health risks, which I was very surprised about. We're going to talk more about that in 30 minutes. Plus, are we ready for a female James Bond? That's in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Many insurance plans and one in five states have policies that exclude coverage of certain operations and therapies for transgender people. According to the Center for American Progress, That is, this has impacted 40% of transgender people and 56% of trans people of color. Uh, and... One person was killed and at least 13 injured in a shooting at a Kroger grocery store this afternoon in a suburb of Memphis, Tennessee. Officers responded to reports of an active shooter at the supermarket in Collierville, a suburb about 30 miles east of downtown Memphis. The suspect is dead from what authorities believe is a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And finally, the ACLU made a tribute uh, tribute for late women's rights ch- champion Supreme Court Justice Re- Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the anniversary of her death. The ACLU posted one of Ginsburg's famous quotes, but altered five sections to make women, people, uh, and all pronouns they or their. And now everyone, well, only a few people are freaking out. Uh, And so the ACLU is being called out for erasing women on the post. But is that really the case, that the ACLU did that? Or are people just... Getting offended and insulted because they're uh, scared that, you know, women are being raced overall, which is not the case. I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have been proud of that post, not worried that they were racing women. What do you think?
3: Um, the ACLU, I don't think they did anything wrong. I Honestly, I think I agree with everything that you just said because I think I said it earlier as well. Yep. Let's go into the tea. Okay, so Daniel Craig um, doesn't think there should be a woman James Bond. Yeah, that's intense. I can't believe he actually said that. Um, In a new interview, he explained that he believes women and actors of color should receive their own roles equal to... Um, what is it? Equal to, if not better than the ranking of the famous character. He said, quote, The answer to that is very simple. Uh, There should simply be better parts for women and actors of color. Why should a woman play James Bond when there should be a part just as good as James Bond, but for a woman? I believe we should be creating new characters for women, strong female characters. I'm not particularly interested in taking a male character and having a woman play it. I think women are far more interesting than that. Jean Bonds. I mean, I don't think that that hot take of his was just not that good. But that's your T-Report. Let us know what you think of LGT
2: Show everywhere. Okay, coming up, the criminalization of HIV is still a reality in many states. So what's being done to stop this? That's next.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The majority of U.S. states still have laws
2: on the books that criminalize exposing other people to HIV. And joining us right now is someone who focuses on this work, Robin Lennon-Deering, an associate professor of social work at the University of Memphis and a member and consultant for the Tennessee HIV Modernization Coalition. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I
3: was going to say shout out to Tennessee. mm -hmm. I'm from Nashville. Hello. (laughs) I'm in Memphis. We love it.
2: There you go. Well, first, as we get into this, I want you to share how this law actually works. Is it if you consciously and intentionally transmit it to someone?
6: No. Okay. That's the really um, shocking uh, thing about the law is that people don't have to transmit the virus. In fact, it's very rare that people transmit the virus and are arrested. People are arrested for what they call exposure or uh, non-disclosure of their HIV status. It's usually people that are maybe newly diagnosed and are maybe embarrassed about or don't have practice disclosing, but anyone can be, if you're HIV positive, anyone can be accused of exposing another person to HIV. It's only one person's word against another.
3: Yeah, and you talked about in your article how this really affects marginalized communities. Can you speak a little bit more about that?
6: Yes, that's the again very sad and very um, uh, it's horrendous because people that are uh, barely making it, this people that may be homeless or people maybe that are uh, living, um, you know, from week to week, people that are different you know, transgender or transgender uh, or non-conforming people, they are affected by the law because they're under police surveillance. They're highly um, criminalized population, and so they're already within the reach of the police, and the police take advantage of that. So people that are not, uh, you know, highly educated or people that have mental illness, or substance use disorders, they are they get to be targets, actually, of these laws.
2: Definitely. And
6: you've studied the impact of HIV
2: criminal laws from the perspective of people who've been arrested. Have we seen mm-hmm. any changes or reform to this? So you're mentioning this is the mm-hmm. state of where we're at, but is anyone working to, uh, to do anything about it?
6: Well, there was a change in Illinois. Illinois repealed their HIV criminal laws, and that was a wonderful success. And, you know, that would be wonderful if we could do that uh, around the nation. But our laws here in Tennessee, we are considered a red state, and it's uh, very conservative considered.
3: here. You and- are. <laughs> <laughs> My perception is that you're I'm a red like, state. <laughs> Tennessee is very red.
6: We're trying to um, modernize the laws here. And what that means is that having the charge reduced from a felony to a misdemeanor and that the person would have to have an intent to transmit and transmit the virus to be charged. This is really a public health issue. It's not a criminal issue.
3: Yeah, and it, it is one of those things where... You you see some of those stories like I I feel like I have seen those news stories where you see people who Mm -hmm. have gotten arrested for who do know and unfortunately they have, you know, you know, tried to go in and affect people, um, in, in that way like they know their status mm-hmm. but they still do and, and like you said that's a rare case and um, I, I feel like especially when it comes to people of color there's a lack of even uh, like conversation about sexual health and especially queer people mm-hmm. of color there's a lack of sexual yeah. health how can we change that how can we make sure people understand knowing your status and the importance of that so this can I mean stop if, if it's all just about knowing
6: right you, you really hit the nail on the head when you said uh, Sex education is so important. And here in Tennessee, a red state, we don't have uh, sex education in the schools. They do have HIV education, but that's not enough. People, especially, you know, minorities, people of color, they they need adequate education. They need to have the resources so that they can make decisions. And that's not happening, especially for adolescents and young people. So, I mean, that needs to happen. Definitely. And hopefully also at a federal level
2: because it's so um, unfortunate and gets complicated when it's state by state. That uh, was Robin Lennon-Deering, an associate professor of social work at the University of Memphis and also a member uh, and consultant for the Tennessee HIV Modernization Coalition. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much. Well, next up in the LGBT community, bisexual people have more health risks. So what could help that's
5: next?
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without autopay pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without autopay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits will walk qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP.
5: You deserve Modella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two
3: more two tour.
5: more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the a Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crownley Port, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q.
2: So it's bi Visibility Day, and one of the stories that has come out is the fact that in the past, decade there has been a bunch of research that finds that bi individuals have worse health outcomes than the general population and are worse off when compared with the LGBT community as a whole which this came out in the past decade four years ago specific what what sorry Ryan was saying something so I was responding to him Um, And Dr. Ethan Maris joins us right now, who's an associate professor at American University and a licensed psychologist in the Washington, D.C. area to share more about this surprising um, study and also what we're going to be doing about it. Thank you so much for joining us.
7: Hi, Sharon Ryan. Thank you so much for having me.
2: So again, as my intro went, uh, I think a lot of people are surprised about this because uh, we see a lot of other groups within the LGBTQ community that um, seem based on policy and rights issues and um, other studies that have come out that seem to have a bigger issue possibly than by individuals. But tell us more about this research.
7: Of course. Yeah. So in general, um, and you were right, uh, over the past decade or so, uh, we've had lots of studies to show that bi people have poor health outcomes compared to heterosexual individuals, and even compared to gay and lesbian people. Uh, so, and we were talking about health disparities in terms of mental health, like depression, anxiety, suicidality, um, and even substance use. Um, so, uh, it's certainly a big problem uh, that researchers are, are understanding, and we know have existed in the in the queer community in general. Um, uh, so. It's an important issue, and I really appreciate you wanting to uh, focus on it today.
3: Of course. Yeah, I think we should highlight how, uh, within our queer community, we can kind of be a part of the problem. And I mm-hmm. think oftentimes, mm-hmm. we it it can be a difficult because it it turns into being this oppression Olympics. Is kind of like how I like to call it, where we are we all feel as a community that we are marginalized, which yo, it's true, especially when you're intersectional, um, but oftentimes we can be a part of our own problems as well. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and why some of that can really play into why bisexual people feel so othered and there's the stigmas attached to it?
7: Yeah, I think you hit it on the nail. That's uh, what the research shows and some of my work at American University and other researchers uh, show is that bi people similar to lesbian, gay, and other queer people experience Um, discrimination, biphobia, uh, harassment uh, from heterosexual individuals. But in addition to that, bi people, as you said, experience that type of stigma or othering from the community, from people within the community. Um, You know, that that could take different forms, like invalidating one's identity, uh, sort of seeing bisexuality as not a legitimate identity and experience, or um, acting on stereotypes, uh, sort of seeing bi people as... um, not be able to commit to a relationship or be sexually promiscuous or seeing bisexuality as a phase. And we know consistently all of those are stereotypes, and these are really harmful stereotypes to bi people. Um, And we know that the research shows these stereotypes affect their mental health, affect their health health and well-being overall, um, to constantly feel uh, harassed or microaggressed or discriminated against by your own community and then also outside of the community. So you can think about how much that adds up, um, and I'm happy to kind of share more examples. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's sort of how it, it works a little bit, sort of the double closet, too, of coming out to heterosexual people and sometimes experiencing discrimination there and then coming out to gay gay and lesbian people and um, not being taken seriously or or really embraced for for one's bisexual identity.
3: Yes, because the thing is, is like people say bisexuality, if you come out as bisexual first, then it's like, oh, they're about to come out as gay. They just, you know, they're not sure yet. And and that's oftentimes kind of like what the conversation is in the gay community about bisexual people.
2: Is there an assumed privilege too? And then is there a feeling of like not being understood and like you're alone in that way, like alienated?
7: Yes, of course. Um, alienation and isolation is a big factor that um, bi people experience um, because they, uh, some people, uh, so certainly there are some people who might try to um, might identify as bi as they're exploring their sexual orientation and then realize maybe a different identity label fits them. But but besides that, there are. Uh, actually, more bi people than there are gay and lesbian individuals. Um, many studies show that. And bisexuality is completely legitimate, um, healthy identity. And um, it, it, it's, it's just unfortunately constantly stereotyped in ways that are really unfair to bi people and that alienate them. Um, and another thing that bi people often experience is sort of not feeling like they're enough, like not straight enough or not queer enough mm-hmm. because they're bi. Um, and uh, so they have to sort of prove their bisexuality in right. some ways or hide it. Um, and that can be really obviously harmful to one's mental health.
3: So what can, like, I guess, what can, you know, bi folks do to one make sure they feel comfortable in themselves and in their communities. And also how can media kind of play into the healthy representation of bisexuality?
7: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, unfortunately the media has not been playing a good role in that they've the media, especially movies, have uh, perpetuated stereotypes um, about bi people um, as, as sort of seen as like, untrustworthy or, or uh, vilified by people. Uh, so I think the media is a, a great sort of source of intervention. How can we improve um, and show uh, bi stories and bi narratives in ways that are affirming and, and true to bi people? Uh, so I think that's, that's a really important way. And I think that shows the importance of today, Bi Visibility Day, to bring real visibility to buy people and their experiences.
2: Possibly more money going to organizations or to help those communities. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Ethan Merritt, who's an associate professor at American University and licensed psychologist in Washington, D.C. Thanks for joining us for this.
7: Thank you so much for having me. Happy Buy Visibility
3: Day.
2: Yes, you too.
3: The more, the merrier. You know what? Yes. Have a good time, honey
2: we're always here okay. for a party here on uh Channel Q but after this we're getting into the baby name trends for 2022. Oh, my no God. these ones oh, are actually God. really funny who,
3: who did that who approved this me did you approve this <laughs> producer Vanessa I'm sorry we got our guest still on the phone let me go co- let's let me go on a commercial break what, who approved that segment
0: let's go there with Shira and Ryan Channel Q
2: 2022 baby names are out. And not surprisingly, they're inspired by the things that we consume every single day, including Netflix shows. Yes, <laughs> some of the names that were predicted to be the top names of 2022 are from Bridgerton. Really? Yeah. Ah, okay. It's like, can okay. I mean, it's not surprising because when things, you know, uh, are big in pop culture, they inspire people in their lives. So, like, you might name your child Benedict or... Rupert or Philippa.
3: I don't know. Benedict sounds like a slave owner.
2: Well. It does. M- moving on.
3: <laughs> it does.
2: I mean, I wouldn't name my kids Bridgerton names, to be honest. That's I, not my thing. Pretty
3: sure. I mean, Bridgerton was a diverse version of like actual history. Benedict was a slave owner in real life, probably. Let's be honest.
2: What about uh, Edwina. She's ugly. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Siri's trying to talk. Him. Also, other categories under top n- baby names. I love this. You're going to think this is funny, Ryan. Escapist nature names. Yes. It seems like we're all about escaping these days. And names like Bali, Bay, and Forest. Oh, I like the name Bali. Bali's yep. a cute name. Uh, Sequoia. Bali's a cute name. Woods. Would you name your kid Woods?
3: No, I wouldn't name my kid Woods. I wouldn't. No. No. Then. I
2: I, and I, Polly's Q. Wow, that's By cute. the way, whoever wrote this needs to fix this part. He said non binary names for boys.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but some of the names are nice. Are okay, cute. all right. Nova, Shiloh. Winter, I like Nova. I also like Shiloh. I know you like Harlow.
3: Harlow? I feel like you've said that before. Well, you know, Jack Harlow, is a rapper. Oh, yeah, that's true. He, that isn't a he name is, now. Yes, yes. And these Delicious. names,
2: this is funny. You're, you're going to laugh at this.
3: Have we laughed once since she said this is funny? <laughs> she said this like three times. Yeah, and I don't fine, think I'm you yet. might be
2: like, oh, God. Okay, all I'm, right, I'm ready right, to roll, giggle. I
3: Maybe I roll. No,
2: I'm ready to giggle. Spirit and soul names.
3: Okay. <laughs> I thought you think. To... <laughs> are you okay? You met actual spirit. Okay, you met that No, was a funny there's one.
2: actually like people are going to be naming their kids spirit and
3: soul names. Like the like spirit?
2: Like soul. And. Veda and oh, I got Jericho. It. Veda's not bad. Alma. Jericho now.
3: That's too Bible-ish.
2: Praise. Hmm. Praise is kind of cute. Brave.
3: Brave. That's a, that's a name, of course. That's the name of a great Pixar movie if you haven't seen it. Um,
2: also, playful names. Uh, like Bear. Would you? be? Would you name your kid, like, an animal name?
3: Bear is kind of cute, actually. Bear's a cute nickname. Teddy. Actually, Coco's name is like, hey,
2: my little bear. Well, that's a nickname. You don't actually name your kid that. Yeah. My boyfriend said, today we were talking about baby names. Right. Um, and
3: surprise, Shira is pregnant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh yeah, this is where I get it.
2: This is why explicit. she decided to do this. And we were saying Denali, because we, we were in front of the biggest mountain in North America, Denali. And then he said bison. I was like,
3: no. I actually really don't no, mind an, bison. A, a big ass animal. <laughs> no. No, a, I don't mind. And people bison. eat bison. I think it's kind of cute. Anyway. I think it's kinda edgy. It's kind of fresh. Like you bison is a cool name. Bison would come up when your child has like Google Alerts. Because you ought to think about that. That or what like when climate what if change if is happening
2: and uh, the bison are going extinct.
3: <laughs> yeah, but and if they are extinct, the only bison that will exist is your son. Wow. Beautiful. You can name
2: your son bison. I don't know, maybe. Or human.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to gender my kids. Unless they want to be, once they're like six. Okay. Yeah, I've decided that. Like, I don't want to. I, I,
2: I want to do that too, and I, I'm trying to figure out how that would happen. It's so. it's what do like, you mean how that would happen? You cha- just allow them yeah, to Yeah, I know. Fix no, it. I know. And like, I, when it's I just like it, letting anyone, everyone know. Out. Remember, I come from, you know, like. Well, you also come from a traditional family. Yeah. I feel like I'd be the first. But if you're
3: going to have kids. You're a parent. You're an adult. You should just be able to step up to your family. I am. You pay your own bills. It's not like if, they, if your family wants to see your kids. No, they're
2: going to be fine with it. I've just we've talked about this anyway yeah. on our podcast. Yeah. We have talked about with an expert about this raising your kids non-binary. Check that out on the Odyssey app. Anyway, coming up, uh, could an abortion bill similar to Texas's be coming to Florida? This is crazy. Next on What's Trending this hour, Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records.
0: This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
2: We've got lots coming up on the show, including what to do if you want to unsend a message on social media. Do you even know how to do that?
3: Yes, not everyone's like a grandmother listening to the show, Shira. (laughs) Everyone knows how to do that. Well, we're going to be talking
2: more about it because um, you can have a lot of regret after sending something, but we're here to help. That's in 30 minutes. Plus, Johnny Depp is giving his take on cancel culture in the Tea Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some What's Turning This Hour.
3: I might change that story last minute, if I'm being honest.
2: Some parents in a national anti-LGBTQ organization are freaking out over two teen girls who kissed during a Tennessee high school's homecoming parade, accusing the girls of making out and French kissing uh, when the video that they actually ended up releasing to the public shows... A brief peck, which it doesn't even matter because they're just being homophobic. But the national organization Moms for Liberty, which has gotten some attention this year for fighting mask mandates in schools, created a video that said the two girls were kissing and groping and encouraging bisexuality on a float during uh, Independence High School's homecoming parade. Um, As we know, earlier this year, Tennessee passed several anti-LGBTQ laws, several of which attacked students. And this is just one more thing that is happening over there. Now, this is pretty frightening. A state legislator in Florida has introduced an abortion restriction bill similar to the controversial law that took effect in Texas earlier this month. The new bill HB 167 introduced yesterday in the Florida House of Representatives by Representative Webster Barnaby would ban most abortions in the state and would allow people to file civil lawsuits against doctors who violate the law. It would also require physicians to test for a fetal heartbeat on a pregnant person seeking an abortion. And finally, horses will no longer be used by Border Patrol officers in Del Rio, Texas, following the release of photos that showed agents on horseback coming at Haitian migrants seeking to cross into the U.S. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the decision was made by Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, calling the images that sparked the change horrible and horrific. The horses
3: weren't the issue. Like, that's the thing. It was the whips that were attached that they were using as weapons. That's the issue. How about you fire all those Border Patrol people who clearly don't know how to do their job and clearly are a problem. The horses didn't ask to be there. Honestly, I'm actually happy the horses probably aren't going to be there anymore. They get a break. Hopefully they're into better situations, maybe having a cup of coffee or something at this point, resting instead of being used for evil. Mm-hmm, uh, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news line? Someone thought it was a good idea to give Johnny Depton achie- a Lifetime Achievement Award. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop t- culture stories trending right now. Yeah, so um, he got a, um, a Lifetime Achievement Award in France, and you know, he was accused of domestic assault by his ex-wife, and he warned about cancel culture. No one's safe, he says.
5: This is what he had to say. So far out of hand now that um, I can promise you that no one is safe. Not one of you. Not one of you. Not anyone out that door. No one is safe. As long as someone is willing to say one sentence, takes one sentence. And uh, and then there's no more ground. Carpet's been pulled.
3: It's oh wow. I'm sorry that I took you through uh, all everyone. I really am. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a really depressing speech for someone yeah, who just won a lifetime really, achievement he award. He's turned really
2: down. Like not yeah. in a doubt. Like he has it. He hasn't slept for days. I mean, I
3: don't know. He's hungover. not a victim of cancel culture. I, bl- I'm, He's not a victim of it, anything, in my opinion. Well, that's in
2: your definition, and your view of cancel culture, not
3: in in everyone else's. No. What is he a victim of cancel culture well, as? Didn't you
2: say because, well. He, what, he did Say, say what bad. you were going to say. Oh, like, going say say well, to? Yeah. That's, and he got that's, called out on social media. And you don't think he deserved that? Didn't you, also you were, his you're ex-wife, so, didn't his,
3: his... Both of them got... Were beating each other's ass. <laughs> yes, they were, unfortunately. And so my thing is, is he, he's the worst. She's also... at that said, point?
2: No, it's not. I'm saying they both were doing it to each other. You know what? Uh, that's your T-Report. No, that, that, I, that, that was a joke. That's your T-Report.
3: Obviously, I'm we don't support that. Thank you so much. I don't... I say we. That was a... I
2: don't support that. <laughs> Coming up, Latinos are... Sick of being called spicy, and we have one Mexican-Jewish writer joining us for her take on that next.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
2: It's Hispanic Heritage Month, and with that comes celebrations, but it's also... Uh, a time to reflect on how we relate to and look at certain lived experiences and this Mexican Jewish writer is doing just that with her own and she wants us all to listen her latest piece in HuffPost is titled I'm a Latina please stop calling me spicy says Heredia thank you so much for joining us
4: hi thank you for having me
2: <laughs> uh, well this is great and it definitely resonates including for our producer Vanessa uh, so why do you hate being called spicy tell us
8: Okay, um it's, it's a complicated thing as I got into my uh in my piece. But basically, uh the spicy stereotype comes from men, especially white men, trying to reduce um Latina women and especially Lupe Vélez, which was a Mexican actress back in the um old Hollywood golden age days, um, to like this like fiery, passionate, but in a negative way kind of person. Um, it sexualizes Latina women. And I can, I can speak for Mexican women because I'm Mexican, and I'm going to say Mexican a lot. So it sexualizes women, Mexican women, um, and kind of erases everything else that's positive about being Mexican or Latina. Um, so, yeah, that's the main reason why. Also, like, spicy is good so spicy. and to it's a thing. Women are not things. So that's, yeah, that's the main
3: reason why. Yeah, here's the thing. I think that a lot of people of color, um, I mean, even like women of color, um, specifically black women, it, it's either, well, are they aggressive? Are these, are they these things? Like, are they loud? Are they the mad? You know, it, it, it seems like that's just another microaggression. And um, it seems like, do you think we're starting to label that as that um, to to kind of have that conversation because, you know, sassy isn't looked, is shouldn't be, or not sassy, but um look, spicy shouldn't be looked at as like a compliment because it's, it's not. It feels like more of a microaggression.
8: Yeah, definitely. And actually, this thing you're mentioning, I was having a short conversation with someone on the Huff post, um, Instagram post regarding my article. And this was a young black woman saying like, it sucks, but being called angry all the time is, worse than being called spicy and i was like yeah of course like both stereotypes suck i'm not saying one sucks more than the other it's just like why do we have to be labeled as these negative things both latin culture and black culture have so many different amazing things like why are we not uplifting those things why are we focusing on the negative qualities of both like black women and latina women
2: Mm. Definitely. And you mentioned uh, more modern day actresses like Sofia Vergara, you know, in Modern Family, Eva Longoria's character in Desperate Housewives, all very much popularize this. Do you think things are changing?
8: Sort of. I think the change is going to be slow to be seen in like mainstream media and TV. Both um, Sofia Vergara and Eva Longoria have positive things to that character, to those characters. I'm sorry. Um, but the general, the general thing about both of them is they were, like, overly passionate and angry and violent when they, um, when they got mad or when they felt things super, super, like, deeply. And I think it's going to take a bit longer for us to see any real change in TV shows and um, movies and stuff like that, simply because of the pushback we're having uh, by having these conversations right now. As I was saying, like the HuffPost Instagram post regarding my my piece, there was a lot of women saying like, hey, I've been there too. And there was this young black woman saying like, it sucks. I've had that version of like um, for the black community. And then there were, of course, the white middle-aged men saying like, why are you complaining about this? Like, this is not not an issue. This is not important. Y'all just complain about everything. And that's the thing. Like, if we don't complain about the things that are wrong, then how are we going to change them? It's okay to complain, but yeah. I, we also have to do something about it.
3: I think that kind of goes to what you said and how you closed out your article. You said, as we dig a little deeper, we can see that um being called a, the spicy Latina trope is detrimental to Latinas everywhere. Can you talk about even more how it's detrimental? Because that is such a, that's a word that I feel like can really resonate. Like, it, it really does impact you all. Yeah, I, I'm...
8: I'm aware that I've had it easy simply because I'm like a white passing Latina, but I've been like in the situation where partners have literally told me, I just want to sleep with you because you are a Latina Caliente. Why are you talking, why are you switching languages? Um, Even though I I speak English, we speak in English all the time. Like why are you switching languages? For me to understand that you want to sleep with me. Is that the only thing that's important in the conversation? Um Yeah, the fact that we're sexualized and made to be this, like, object of desire, it's, at a first glance, it seems like people want you, and who doesn't want to be wanted? Like, we all want to be loved, and we all want to be complimented. But why do we want to, like, do I want to be loved because I am a, quote unquote, sexy Latina? Or do I want to be loved because all the things that make me, me? Mm-hmm. So I think that's, like, where things get, like, muddled up. And the part that's detrimental to Latinas like, everywhere, the fact that we are being, like, enclosing, like, boxed in this uh, stereotype instead of appreciating everything that makes us different and the mix is unique.
2: Definitely. And I, I feel like as um, as a younger generation, your your mom must be so proud of you because this is something that so many older generations have gone through, and I feel like we are in a new time.
8: Um, my mom and I have very different opinions. I'm very complainy, I guess she would say. <laughs> um, she's more of the type of like, just roll with it, like roll with it, ignore it. And mm. I was like that at the beginning. Like I, I was just, even with my current partner, I was just like, I'm not going to mention it. I'm not. I'm just going to pretend oh, wow. it didn't happen. And the thing is, like, we don't, we're not going to get anywhere if we don't have these conversations. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see any change for the better if we don't have these uncomfortable conversations. So I guess my mom would be proud. I'm hoping she will be. But it's not something that I make up with her. Um,
3: yeah. It's a generational thing. That's what it and, is. And just it's, a, it's, a, it's a generational thing because it's it's based off of survival. Yes, when of you, course. When you're from that and you're a person of color, you have to survive and, and you have to kind of take things just to get to the next step. And, and, and unfortunately, that comes with kind of making yourself smaller and just dealing with little things like that. Yeah,
2: definitely. And, and just finally, what is another way to describe your personality that is not a stereotype?
8: Well... Um, I guess if someone would want to compliment me or describe my personality, I would hope they use words that are particular to me. Mm -hmm. And I would use words like fierce, confident, oh God, what's that? (laughs) Fierce, confident, assertive, um, someone that knows what they want, um, something that has like a similar connotation to what you're trying to say, but words that have, or understood as a, in a positive context instead yeah. of being like, I don't know, um, hot, angry, or hot-headed, um, which are like Google synonyms for fiery, mm-hmm. then just say I'm confident, just say that I know what I want, just say that I have very clear goals in life and yes. that I go for them, which I do. Well, we um, It's just love the, that words have power, and it's just the way, how like, what, how we use words. That's really what it comes down to.
2: Well, thank you for joining us and for sharing all of that. We really appreciate it. Uh, again, that was... Uh, yeah, thank
8: you for having
2: me. Heredia, a Mexican Jewish writer. Check out her blog in HuffPost. I'm a Latina. Please stop calling me spicy. We appreciate you for being here. We hope to have you back. Thank you. And happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Now, next up, do you ever wish you could press unsend on that message?
0: Well, we'll tell you how next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Do you ever send a
2: message on social media and then you say to yourself, "Wow, I wish I could just unsend that." I regret that message. Has that happened to you? Me? Um,
3: no, the other person in the room. <laughs> well, there is another person in the room. No, the other. Vanessa. <laughs> um. Yeah, I have done that, and I have just deleted it and and what about my business. So, a lot of people might not realize... Actually, I think I just did that not too long ago. Well... Like, five minutes ago. Uh,
2: some folks might not realize, and I just discovered this. The unsend button on Instagram, where if you DM someone, you direct message someone, you could unsend the message. The question is, why would you do that? And can the other person find out? Because that can mess with their head if they, someone knows that you unsent a message. Has that happened to you before, where you've un you like someone did that to you and you saw that it was unsent?
3: Yeah. Um. Actually, no. No, that has never happened. Well, because that's what we- I paid attention to. Like, it can yeah. be like people that I don't follow send me a message and then they delete it. I'm not. I'm like. Oh, yeah,
2: because the reason why I brought it up is because this happened to producer Vanessa, and. It- traumatized.
3: Can producer virtually. Vanessa speak for herself?
2: Producer Vanessa get on the mic.
3: <laughs> what happened to you?
4: <laughs> I thought this was a relatable topic. Okay, I guess It,
3: yeah, it, it doesn't to happen,
0: happen to people. <laughs> it does not happen to me. So back if in I the day. If I say something I say it. Back in the day.
3: What like 1975?
0: <laughs> two years ago. Okay
3: wow.
4: Or maybe a year ago. I don't know. I sent a message to the boy I liked. Mm. The man. He's not a boy. I sent him a message. And then I regret it. I was like, no, you know what? No, no, no. Never mind. And I unsent it. And this is a person that would ghost me, okay? I unsented it. And he started a conversation about that. He's like, hey, what did you send me? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just saw that you unsent the message. What was it? Oh. I was like, oh god,
3: because
0: Instagram out
3: at me. You know well, what? My thing is, why would he even ask? I would have, I wouldn't have asked. I would have just moved on about oh, the conversation. Stop it. it you have. No, I would have. Seriously, if you're dating
2: someone and they unsent a message and you briefly saw it you're such a liar yeah you get in your
3: head I no but it. I've I done mean... that I, actually now that I'm thinking about it I have done that to mm-hmm. someone it's that I've like been talking to or something and I didn't mean to send it and so I unsent it and it was I was just like oh it was nothing well yeah if it's nothing that's but... what I'm saying so if it's nothing I'm like whatever I don't care but it was
2: something Vanessa was
3: it I'm sure it was something I just can't remember what it was
4: (laughs) but you know I could be my my thing it's like oh it was just bad spelling
5: (laughs) yeah that's that's true or you send
3: it to the wrong person I I mess up all the time and sometimes you just want to resend it to make it clear and like you know so that's why I'm like I don't think this is a big deal well thank god an
2: email unless that's like a
3: nude that they take back as a what like a nude that they take back oh a nude yeah like they send a nude in the Instagram DM and then they just like take it back that would be just rude not really. Actually Glance protecting themselves. You saw it. Take it back.
2: Oh, okay. Well, why don't you there's another feature you could use on Instagram called Oh you would know, huh? What is it called? What's it called? It's don't Snapchat. act like you don't know.
3: <laughs> no. I know when she was using it actually. I know which I know no. she knows.
2: <laughs> it's called uh Poof. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's actually great. Oh there
2: should be a we should create a new Snapchat called Poof.
3: No, <laughs> that's what Snapchat is. <laughs> It literally goes away. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Just create another you idea. Can, by the way, idea. if you're
2: wondering, you can go on Instagram and send something. And what is it called? You know. I'm just, because I just a disappearing was, message. Disappearing message. <laughs> but you, there's a certain thing you press anyway. Yeah. I was saying on email, the, my favorite feature now, thank God, even though I would love for it to last longer, is the unsend.
3: Yes, that's a good e- I, I'm surprised that they're oh, just now notice. coming out with that.
2: On Gmail. It's only on
3: Gmail, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You can, right away, when you do just press it send, you have five se- like five to ten seconds where it goes, you can unsend. And yeah. I've done that before. But we need like an hour to, or two. We need 24 hours. If someone hasn't opened that email, I should be able to unsend it. Yeah. What's going on? I agree. Why not? Anyway, has has this happened to you before? Have you been embarrassed after sending something you wish you hadn't sent or the other way? Vice versa, you've been the victim of that? At LGT shows where you can find us on social media. We would love to hear from you. Uh, But coming up next, would you ever want to live in a famous haunted house? This one is on sale for a lot of money and it's causing quite the stir that's next.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
2: Would you ever live in a haunted house? In a famous haunted house? That—that that is uh, the question. And actually, this haunted house is going on sale for a lot of money. You know the house? Oh, hello. The house from the Conjuring, the movie in Rhode Island, is asking for one point two million dollars. Okay. Spirits included.
3: Oh God. <laughs> are there actually the... Spe- is that what it says?
2: That was in the headlight. I thought that
3: was funny. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, wow. That is so scary.
2: Jen and Corey Heinzen, who are the owners of the house, <laughs> allowed paranormal investigators to stay at the property made famous by the horror movie franchise. Now they hope someone else will take over the business.
3: Here's the thing, bad. Bad, bad idea. Bad idea. You know, if you watch American uh, uh, Horror Stories, this was actually um, an episode where they a family moved into the crime, the murder house, and they were all murdered. So, oh you know, I know that's a television show, but I'm just saying, real quick, that if you decide to buy this house, you don't know what spirits are going to come at you. I, I know Conjuring is actually based off of a true story. You know that, right? Those movies are based off of a true story. I try to avoid all horror movies. I'm just saying that's the the Conjuring is scary. I I avoid ho- uh, horror movies as well, but the Conjuring is very very scary, and um, I just cannot imagine anyone wanting to buy this unless they're like trying to I don't know.
2: Well, I feel like they, yeah, if they were there, they were being tortured, would they tell other people? Wouldn't they just try to sell it? Right? Being like, oh yeah, this is a
0: great house oh, to yes. live in. Oh my God. Oh, I yeah, would. there's no
3: spirits. Here. I would. You got to get rid of it. You got, that's a, it's a seller's market.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the house is located about 40 minutes from Prov- Providence in the small town of Harrisville, 8.5 acres in a grass clearing. This place is literally in the middle of nowhere. And that's going to happen. No one is going to know. Let me tell you.
3: Everyone's going to know. I'm saying if you scream, there will be no one to you Well, no, because the ghosts will stop. I think ghosts have powers like that where they're not going to allow you to scream. You're going to be so scared that you just going to be like, open paralyzed. Open your mouth like... You're going to be paralyzed and, yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> that would be... A, <laughs> you just made me laugh like thinking of a parody horror movie where when you scream, nothing comes out of your mouth, but you're always just like open-mouthed. <laughs> it's, anyway. Well, would you live in this house it's the site of a double hatchet murders in 1892 i don't think any anything's happened ever since but supposedly uh you know the the veil between the living and the dead can be breached here let us know at lgt show on social media next up we are moving on carol baskin is she actually making a comeback that's next on what's trending this hour
0: let's go there with shira and ryan channel Q.
2: We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Okay, this is such a cute story. Betty Reed Soskin became a national park ranger at the age of 85. And a decade and a half later, she celebrated her 100th birthday and said she still got work to do. 100-year-old park ranger. How about that? I just love that. She said, people need heroes, and I may be one of those. She was born in uh, 1921 in Detroit, Michigan. She said she wanted to become a park ranger to set an example and educate others on Black women in history and the contribution of all women during World War II. And for her birthday this year, her community decided it was her turn for the spotlight. So they dedicated a middle school to her, the Betty oh, Reed Zoskin wow. Middle School. A whole middle school. That's cute. You know, your like your legacy is going to continue. I guess college, too, when you're named after a college. But I feel like elementary schools, that's where it all happens. Elementary school and high school. Colleges. Uh, Saskin hopes to continue inspiring others to follow their dreams. She said, I think it's important we all follow our passions. We all need passions. Well, it kept her going this long, so... We want to give a big shout-out and a yaz queen to the amazing Betty Reed Soskin today.
3: I mean, anyone that could hang out in the park for a long time.
2: That actually probably keeps her young because nature is healing. So, just saying. You know, some people say what kept them young was, like, smoking a bunch of cigarettes or alcohol. You know those people are like, I drink a glass of whiskey every day or something. I really believe nature is that. Well, that does it for our show today as well. But we are back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 6 p.m., Pacific 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern live on tomorrow's show. We're getting into lots of things, including the debt ceiling. Are we about to run out of money here in America? And what will happen if we do? (laughs) I feel like that's what we ask all the time. They just throw Monopoly money in. That and more on tomorrow's show. We're wrapping up with some TGIF. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app where our podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light.
3: And honey, remember to slay.
2: Stick around for I'm listening across the Odyssey Network and Channel Q right after this, where we're going to be talking about mental health with some of the biggest celebs and stars out there. Stick around. It's going to be amazing.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?